Chapter Four of Garibaldi and the Making of Italy by George Macaulay Trevelyan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Battle of Milazzo. Who is the happy warrior? Who is he whom every man in arms should wish to be? It is the generous spirit who, when brought among the tasks of real life, hath wrought upon the plan that pleased his childish thought, whose high endeavors are an inward light that make the path before him always bright whose powers shed round him in the common strife or mild concerns of ordinary life a constant influence a peculiar grace but who if he be called upon to face some awful moment to which heaven has joined great issues good or bad for humankind is happy as a lover and attired with sudden brightness like a man inspired and through the heat of conflict keeps the law in calmness made and sees what he foresaw woodsworth by june nineteenth palermo and most of the other garrison towns in sicily had been completely evacuated but there still remained eighteen thousand effective bourbon troops in messina two thousand in syracuse over one thousand in milazzo and five hundred in augusta on the mainland there were some eighty thousand more of whom large numbers could be shipped to the island from naples in a few hours in these circumstances two rational courses were open to the royalists either a vigorous counter-attack might be made first on the columns which garibaldi was sending out from palermo and then upon that city itself before the three thousand north italian volunteers had grown to ten fifteen and twenty thousand or else the opposite course might be chosen a course less ambitious indeed but more consistent with the grant of the constitution and the new diplomatic attitude adopted towards france england and piedmont sicily might be written off as lost and the troops in it confined to garrison work within the sea fortress of messina syracuse milazzo and augusta these places if supplied and assisted by the fleet could not be taken by the means at garibaldi's disposal further fighting would thus be avoided in the island and a claim would thereby be established on the good offices of england and france the sea powers pleased at such moderation in the court of naples might not improbably use their fleets to stop garibaldi at the straits of messina with or without such aid the military defence of the new constitutional kingdom could be reorganized on the calabrian shore of the straits with the citadel of messina as hostage effectively held on the enemy's ground if logically executed either the offensive or the defensive plan had a good chance of success but since they were mutually inconsistent a clear choice had to be made between the two systems any compromise between them might easily lead to disaster the offensive system was favored by general clary in command at messina and by most of his subordinate officers by the king at naples and by those of his advisers who were still reactionary at heart but the new liberal minister and above all the new war minister general pianel wished to suspend operations in sicily and organize a diplomatic and military defense behind the straits the ministers had good reason to depreciate further hostilities for while a victory of garibaldi would overthrow the dynasty a defeat of garibaldi would overthrow the constitution 
and their own position depended on the maintenance of dynasty and constitution together while the ministers remained inactive and sought the ways of peace neither the king at naples nor the general at messina had the nerve to wage a vigorous offensive war in their despite but the reactionary party was not entirely without influence on events in june and july it had sufficient power in court and camp to sow distrust between the ministers and the crown and to initiate in sicily a feeble and partial offensive movement under colonel bosco of which garibaldi took advantage to escape the danger of an armistice to win the battle of Milazzo, and thereby to create the panic among the bourbon troops on the straits which enabled him to march almost unresisted to naples such in brief is the significance of the events narrated in this chapter general clary had distinguished himself on may thirty first in suppressing an attempt of some local squadre to occupy catania when immediately after his little victory he was ordered to abandon catania and retire to headquarters at messina he obeyed under protest as one of the very few generals who had shown any spirit during the operations in may clary was in june promoted marshal and placed in command of the royal forces at messina a strong reactionary he at once drew up schemes for the reconquest first of catania and then of palermo and applied to naples for approval on june twenty fifth king francis sent him orders to take the offensive in accordance with his own proposals but the new marshal on whose brave words the reactionaries had for some weeks been building their hopes proved after all to be much of the same caliber as the other generals for soon as he was ordered to advance the tone of clary's reports changed wonderfully he began to write of the unfitness and unwillingness of his troops of the necessity of remaining on the defensive of the probability that if he left messina with a part of his force garibaldi would slip in behind his back and as he slipped into palermo behind the back of von michel but again as soon as the ministry countermanded the advance and bade him remain on the defensive clary recovered his courage and complained bitterly that such orders dampened the spirits of his men meanwhile king francis was consulting his generals and ministers at naples on a proposal to send strong reinforcements from the mainland to reconquer sicily in a council held on july thirteenth the ministers opposed it giving their voices in favor of armistice and diplomatic action and their arguments were supported by generals nuzianti and pianel the two best soldiers in the service since filangieri's retirement the plan was therefore abandoned and the next day pianel in a naval hour for his own reputation and peace of mind was induced to become minister of war an honest cultivated and high-minded man true to the dynasty and to the constitution he failed to see that the one could now be saved only at the expense of the other he was fully persuaded that sicily could not be reconquered perhaps he did not dare to ask himself whether he wished it to be reconquered he maintained that the island had been lost because of the demoralized condition of the army and that it would be his chief duty as war minister while passively defending the straits to revive the discipline and military spirit of the royal forces a critic might have urged that the only way to revive their spirit 
would be to discard tricolor and constitution and bid them march forward under the white flag of the bourbons with the king in their midst as was afterwards done with some success at capua a few months too late no troops could feel enthusiasm for the constitution and at the same time fight loyally against the man who was the cause of the constitution's existence but whatever p l's plan was worth it never had a fair trial for on july fourteenth marshal clary sent colonel bosco with three thousand picked troops along the north coast from messina with orders to occupy the open country between milazzo and barcelona this half-hearted measure taken out of the knowledge of pianel had all the faults and none of the merits of the defensive plan decreed by the ministers and of the offensive desired by the king bosco was the fighting man of the army and the news that he had been sent into the open field with a force of his own was regarded by every one as a bid for the reconquest of sicily yet the actual orders given by clary to the colonel on the day before he left messina reflect the divided counsels of the royalist camp in this document bosco was reminded that the ministry has forbidden any fresh attack to be made he must therefore leave it to the enemy to begin the fighting but when attacked himself he has the right to make a counter-attack and dislodge the garibaldini from their positions the object of the expedition is defined as being to guard the threatened garrison of milazzo from a blockade though in fact this end could have been far more simply effected by the use of the fleet for this purpose clary advises bosco to occupy archi and certain other places some miles out of milazzo he is not to proceed farther westward than barcelona even if victorious but is to await orders there these instructions which might be interpreted in many different ways when thus placed in the hands of a spirited officer were certain to lead to a pitched battle for when bosco left messina medici in command of two thousand garibaldini had already for a week made barcelona his headquarters and had been scouting with his friends on the mountains that tower above the plain of milazzo giacomo medici who had held the vacello for four weeks against the french army on the janiculum was the friendly rival of bixio for the first place among garibaldi's lieutenants to him the general had entrusted the leadership of the most important of the three columns now advancing through the island on messina that one which was to keep the north coast and be supported in case of need by garibaldi himself and the reserves from palermo medici left the capital with eighteen hundred of the well-armed volunteers whom he had brought from north italy simonetta's lombards and malachini's tuscans the general's orders were that he should occupy castorial a strong position in the mountains above barcelona and there await orders but when he found the coast towns enthusiastic in the national cause when he was joined by several hundred local volunteers and bands from eastern sicily he felt unwilling to retire into the mountains on bosco's approach leaving his hosts at barcelona to the bourbon vengeance such a retreat would inflict a wound on the growing prestige of the garibaldian armies which stood to them in the place of cavalry artillery and big battalions in order therefore to protect barcelona medici moved his headquarters to Mary, 
and there awaited the enemy's attack drawn up behind the broad fumara or turret bed of white stones that passes in front of the village on its way from the neighboring mountain gorge to the sea on july fifteenth bosco and his three thousand approached by the high road from messina to within a short distance of the fumara where medici's men lay eagerly awaiting them the royalists however wheeled off sharply to the right and marched across the plain to Milazzo. it is possible that bosco declined battle on account of his instructions from clary not to initiate hostilities on his arrival in the town beneath the precipice on which the medieval fortress is perched the inhabitants fled for refuge into the thick olive groves that cover the hills of the peninsula beyond where they remained hidden during the events of the following week bosco and his army occupied the deserted town and put themselves into communication with the garrison on the castled rock overhead medici encouraged by bosco's refusal of battle sent out detachments across the fiumara of mary to occupy coriolo and archie hamlets sheltered among the olives of the last foothills that overlooked the plain of Milazzo. now one part of bosco's instructions had been to occupy archie and therefore in spite of that other part of his orders which forbade him to be the first to attack he felt justified in recapturing archie now that a garibaldian outpost had occupied it and thereby cut off his connection with messina he had passed through the village on the fifteenth on his way to Milazzo, but had neglected to leave any guard behind and so early in the morning of july seventeenth he sent back across the plain four companies with cavalry and artillery under major maring with orders to retake archie the hamlet and surrounding hills were defended by three hundred lombards under simonetta and about seventy sicilians maring skirmished for some time used his cavalry well captured a score of prisoners and then unaccountably returned to Milazzo. bosco placed him under arrest and sent out in the afternoon six companies under lieutenant colonel mara who assailed Coriolo and brought their artillery into action medici sent up two men from mary including malincini's tuscans and fierce fighting took place in the streets of coriolo and along the fiumara above which it stands the street was taken by the bourbon troops and retaken at the point of bayonet Mara's men tried to turn to medici's flank by penetrating up into the mountains toward santa lucia but they were headed off near san filippo at the end of an arduous day coriolo remained in medici's hands and archie in those of the royalists but at midnight bosco who had come out when the fighting was over to review the situation ordered a retreat to the town he had been persuaded that medici had seven thousand men whereas in reality he had scarcely more than two thousand all told although bosco's deserved reputation for courage saved him from wholly losing the confidence of his men his conduct on this day had been neither spirited nor wise he should have come earlier to direct the action himself and he should not have sent out such small detachments if he seriously intended to occupy the slopes of the mountains and so debar the further advance of the garibaldini along the north coast he had allowed medici to outmaneuver him to drive him down off the hills 
to get between him and messina and to lock him into the plain of Milazzo with his back to the sea the garibaldini were elated at their success and rejoiced over an intercepted letter of bosco's to clary written in the usual querulous style of neapolitan dispatches marine basically betrayed me i have him under lock and key i can't do more i'm left to do everything 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 the officers are so many nullities but if he were reinforced from messina either by sea or by land he boasted that he would enter palermo on medici's horse those of his dispatches which reached messina being signalled by semaphore were conceived in the same tone of complaint against his subordinates and demanded fresh men and fresh officers although in fact he had in the cacciatori the best regiments of the army the feeling of the fifteen thousand officers and men left idle in messina was that they ought at once to be led to the rescue of the gallant bosco who was far more popular than clary but the marshal who had already quarrelled with his subordinates at messina as well as with bosco himself sent him not the reinforcements which he demanded but a captain fonseca to make excuses and to explain that there were not enough horses carts or ships to carry an army by sea or by land to milazzo clary's inactivity was in part due to the telegrams which he received from the minister of war ordering him to remain on the defensive and denouncing bosco in the strongest language for having resumed hostilities but although medici had drawn a cordon around milazzo it was a very thin line and if bosco discovered that he was being contained not by seven thousand but by two thousand men he might attack once more in the telegram reporting to the dictator his success of july seventeenth medici begged for reinforcements nor had he long to wait some troops were already on the way on the eighteenth their march to Madrid, dunes regiment of six hundred sicilians with its english officers and cosenz with the first detachment of the excellent troops whom he had just brought to palermo from genoa the dictator on receiving medici's telegram in the small hours of the morning of the eighteenth made one of those sudden resolves quick as the flash of a sword that with him always marked the end of a long period of suspense breaking through all his engagements in palermo and not even announcing his departure he went on board an old scottish cattle steamer called the city of aberdeen that had brought volunteers from genoa a few days before and happened to still be at the harbour at four in the morning he made arrangements for her use with her scottish crew and captain who were passionately devoted to his cause and person he instantly put on board the carabineers of the thousand and those of his aides-de-camp which he could muster at a moment's notice just as they were about to weigh anchor there happened to enter the port the steamer amazon from genoa bearing corte and his volunteers captured a month before in the charles and jane and now released from their captivity at gaeta by the constitutional ministers of king francis as part of the policy of friendship with piedmont they'd been sent back to genoa but had instantly sailed again for sicily in another ship on account of this adventure they were henceforth known as the gaeta battalion garibaldi ordered them not to land but to come on board the city of aberdeen 
the transfer of men arms and ammunition was effected in half an hour and about eight in the morning the cattle steamer left palermo with the whole expedition on board she was accompanied by the piedmontese war vessel carlo alberto under orders from persano to see them safely landed they disembarked at petit before dawn on july nineteenth leaving his men to march after him the general drove at a gallop towards barcelona and mary at barcelona the principal church was employed as a hospital for medici's wounded as garibaldi passed through the town the noise of his reception in the street penetrated into the quiet of that gloomy hall where a gigantic crucifix looked down upon the sufferers in an instant they were struggling off their couches and crawling to the door on hands and knees as they lay crowded on the steps of the church he waved his gentle salutations and thanks to them and passed on towards mary one young lombard who had been shot in the lungs crawled to his bed again fell back on it and died when palermo discovered that the dictator had gone the streets were filled with angry and inquiring crowds his departure was a complete surprise the palermitans felt only half safe in his absence and many of his old followers and friends were aggrieved because he had left them behind in the hurry of his departure such was the eagerness to follow him that in a few hours nearly all the north italians in the sicilian capital had thrown up the civil or military posts which kept them from the front in many of these cases substitutes were found among the wounded who were unwilling to remain in hospital at such a time those who could set out post-haste for milazzo and quiet was restored there was little doing at marie on july nineteenth medici and cosenz were away scouting and their men were eating their dinners in the filthy houses of the village or beside the white stones of the fumara glowing in the midday heat when an open carriage was noticed coming along the high road from barcelona as it drew near they saw whom it contained in an instant all the camp was in an uproar the uneaten dinners were left smoking and the volunteers rushed to seize him as he stepped from the carriage it was his official birthday being celebrated at that hour in palermo with flags and speeches but he had come to spend it among friends in the field confidence and joy were in his looks and were reflected in the faces of the soldiers who pressed round him they now knew that on the morrow they would fight and conquer he did not linger in Mary, but took horse to find his old companions in arms, Medici and Cosenz, and to spend the rest of the day riding with them over the mountains of Santa Lucia, surveying through his spyglass the plain below, where Bosco was in the act of taking up a new and formidable position to cover the approaches to Milazzo. The plain of Milazzo is enclosed to the north and west by the two sea beaches that converge on the town and castle at the neck of the peninsula to the south and east the plain is bounded by the white fumari of mary and of corriolo and by the low hills covered with olives that lie between the mountains and the plains the ground on which the battle was fought confined within a radius of a mile and a half from the southern gate of the town was perfectly flat and almost on level with the neighboring beach on this seaward plain stood farms mills and small hamlets scattered about in a manner foreign to the interior of the island 
where the whole population was housed at nightfall in hill towns of several thousand inhabitants each these isolated houses strengthened the royalist position on the plain the ground was occupied by cornfields and vineyards or near the sea by breaks of cranes seven feet high used by the peasants for training their vines the vineyards and cane breaks were enclosed by thick hedges of cactus or by high white walls which had been loopholed by the bourbon troops these were formidable barriers against an army of irregulars without artillery the only way by which garibaldi's men could pierce the enemy's lines without scaling the loopholed walls and hewing through the cactus edges was to charge along the two beaches and along the various roads converging on milazzo but the roads and the beach on either side of the town were remarkably straight and were swept by the cannon of the royalists against their eight excellently preserved pieces the garibaldini had nothing to oppose except two useless carronades dragged about by hand which were brought into action only to be withdrawn after a few minutes the one road that was not straight enough to be swept by the bourbon artillery was a sunk lane that wound through the vineyards hollowed out by a watercourse that finally entered the side of the san polino road as a culvert and issued into the sea under the main road beneath a little bridge five hundred yards from the town gate this bridge was chosen by bosco to be the scene of the final stand outside the town in case his more advanced positions were forced and here two of the cannon were placed two more stood a mile from the front near the angle of the high road to messina beyond this angle the bourbon left wing occupied the mills near the seashore thus forming an advance post which could enfilade garibaldi's advance against their centre near san polino their right was supported by the other four guns which were placed at casaza on the western beach these formidable positions in front of the castle were held according to bosco's own report by twenty-five hundred excellent neapolitan cacciatori the flower of the army aided by the eight guns and a squadron of cavalry in the castle on the rock overhead was the garrison about one thousand infantry of the line and over forty cannon of different sorts some of which were able to fire with effect towards the close of the day in the peninsula behind the castle bosco had stationed another four hundred cacciatori to prevent a landing from taking place in his rear the total of all arms defending these positions was reckoned by the neapolitan staff at four thousand six hundred and thirty-six men and officers against this series of concentric lines of defence culminating in the precipice and castle garibaldi was leading a force perhaps slightly larger in numbers than that of bosco but altogether inferior if judged by the normal military standards he had no cavalry and until late in the day no artillery the infantry consisted of north italian and sicilian volunteers hastily raised and regimented in so-called battalions of three hundred to nine hundred each many of which like corte's new landed gaeta battalion had handled firearms only during the last forty-eight hours and did not know the elements of drill while even medici's and dunes men who had had a few weeks drill did not know how to use the sights of their enfield rifles but in most of the battalions 
there was a large proportion of veterans of forty-eight and fifty-nine of sergeants who had deserted collusively or otherwise from the regular army and of officers of old experiences and in some cases of remarkable talent in revolutionary war above all the whole force was inspired by the ardor for their cause and for their leader which did much to take the place of discipline and made them ready to endure the very heavy losses without which even the first positions could not possibly have been stormed shortly after the dawn on july twentieth the garibaldini moved down to attack off the hills of the olivarella and Corriello. in the centre san pietro was occupied without opposition on the east simonetta and his lombards began their attack on the enemy's advanced posts at the mills while on the other flank malancini and his tuscans marching through san marco and san marina developed the attack on Cazaza and along the western beach the day began with a disaster malancini carelessly led his men up to the mouth of the bourbon rifles and batteries which opened on them with terrible effect and fairly drove them off the field garibaldi who was watching the first stages of the fight from the roof of a wine store on the edge of the plain sent cosenz with fresh troops to rally the fugitives and to take over the command of the left wing nevertheless the royalists supported by cavalry and artillery operating on the broad beach advanced and drove back the garibaldian left and left centre for nearly a mile although malancini and many of his tuscans returned to the fight it was all that cosenz could do to hold the zarelli farm and the western approaches to san pietro the general himself rightly confiding in the calmness authority and military talent of cosenz had not gone to rally the defeated left wing but had bent all his personal energies to effect an advance along the other shore at the head of the right wing under medici if he could penetrate by way of the mills and the angle of the road as far as the bridge he would be able to threaten the rear of the victorious advance of the royalists on the west which was in fact a dangerous move on their part at so early a stage in the battle garibaldi's method of sending troops into action on this day was to stand well exposed to the fire at some spot by which the next detachment would have to enter the battle and to speak almost in a whisper some word of encouragement to the young soldiers of whom many were then hearing the bullets for the first time in their lives in a small army of volunteers depending more on individual courage than on discipline the general's exercise of his strange powers of fascination considerably increased the chances of victory as one section of dune sicilians with their english officers and cadets filed by him into action up the right of a crane break he kept repeating in a low voice avante coraggio uomini when the veteran company of gionese carabineers destined to lose nearly half their number before nightfall were brought about ten in the morning to the place where they were to enter the battle they found the general there before them standing almost alone in the middle of the road a conspicuous mark at which the enemy were directing their fire the first success of the day was the capture of the mills by the northerners of simonetta's and of specchi's battalions it caused a severe struggle for bosco was there in person encouraging his men 
and he had skilfully placed two guns near the angle one on the high road the other in the mill lane the latter after doing great execution was captured through the devotion of a volunteer named alessandro pizzoli who leaving his comrades in ambush behind a wall flanking the mill lane himself sprang down a few yards in front of the cannon's mouth in order to draw its fire he was blown limb from limb and the next moment his comrades leapt down after him and captured the piece thus the royalists were slowly pushed back on the east flank from one vineyard and farm to another but the few positions gained by the red shirts seemed to many but little compensation for the long train of wounded continually passing to the rear for the suffocating heat the thirst the hunger and as the day wore on the sheer fatigue those who had no stomach for eight hours of such work went off with the wounded and forgot to return the better sort of men getting together in groups often irrespective of their proper battalions followed any officer with a turn for leadership whom the chance of battle brought their way scarcely ever seen the enemy through the cane breaks and behind the loopholed walls but always exposed to his shots firing only at close quarters making headway by rushes and rallies by dashes down the sunk lane here leaping over a wall and there tearing through a cactus hedge into the flank or rear of the enemy they carried on the battle which had now become a mere test of individual prowess and more and more as the day went on the general himself appeared now here now there heading charges which behind him never failed of success one of our countrymen a lad of seventeen who had left his home a few weeks before for love of garibaldi found himself with a few of his comrades from dunes and a number of men from other battalions standing at the end of a canebrake through which the royalists were firing at them from behind a wall the bullets were crashing through the tall canes which snapped under the shower the men were falling fast the position was untenable suddenly the englishman was aware of garibaldi's galloping up to them leaping off his horse and without a word or look dashing up the narrow ride between the canes straight at a small opening in the wall lined by the enemy's rifles he did not once look round to see if his men were following for he knew that none who saw him would linger the bourbon stood to it to the last and the bayonet was used before the wall was cleared by a series of such charges bosco's cacciatori were pushed back well after midday to their last position outside the town there was a bridge over the culvert where stood the two reserve guns commanding the straight roads that converged on that spot close by on the shore was a large factory for pickling tuna fish here the crisis of the battle took place the general sent missouri to fetch up a detachment of dunes sicilians which had not yet lost its identity in the melee with these and some north italians under pilati bronzetti he passed through a garden climbed a wall and dropped down upon the two guns one was captured the other limbered up and escaped to midlazzo bosco ordered a handful of cavalry who were standing near the town gate to rescue the lost piece a score of them made a spirited charge over the bridge and dune's men scrambled out of the road to let them pass if bosco had followed up the charge with a body of fresh infantry he might have won the battle 
but his last reserves on this side of the castle had been used by Colonel Mara to support the advance of his right centre. As the cavalry rode back from running the gauntlet through the Garibaldian lines, Dune's Sicilians emptied half a dozen saddles, firing from behind the cactus hedge that lined the road. But two men, who had not taken refuge behind the hedge when the cavalry first charged by, were still standing alone in the roadway, on the line of their retreat. Of these two, one was Garibaldi, the other was his aide-de-camp, Missouri, a handsome young Lombard of noted gallantry. Both were on foot, and the horsemen, unable to avenge their fallen comrades on anyone else, swarmed round, eager to cut them down. Missouri shot the horse of the bourbon captain, who rose in the stirrups as it fell and slashed at the dictator. Garibaldi parried the blow, and laying his hand on the bridle of the kneeling animal, struck the captain in the neck with his sabre and killed him on the spot. Missouri, with his revolver, shot two more of the cavalry, and the half-dozen who were still left alive galloped back through the gates of the town. The Garibaldini, now having occupied the bridge, had turned Bosco's left flank and were threatening his rear. The rash advance of his right wing would have to be turned into a hasty retreat if the red shirts could maintain their newly won position. That was indeed no easy task, for the cannon of the fortress, firing over the roofs of the town, played full upon the bridge, while the cacciatori below fired on it at close quarters from the town gate and from the houses along the side of the port. Garibaldi's men fell fast. One of his best and most popular lieutenants, Migliavaca, was killed, and Corte was wounded. An attempt to bring the two carronades, the only artillery of the force, into action on the bridge proved that they were perfectly useless, and in a few minutes the general ordered them to be withdrawn. Seeing that an immediate advance on the town was impossible, he put most of the men for rest and shelter into the Tuni factory and some wood stores nearby while others kept up a fire against the walls of Milazzo from the bridge and neighboring gardens, and from behind the fishing boats on the beach. In particular, paired Garibaldi's Englishman, whose long beard and fine head reminded his comrades of King Lear, kept his company of thirty men at the bridge, suffering severe losses, and demonstrating that Colt's five-chambered revolving rifle, with which they were armed, leaked fire at the breach, woefully scorching the hand that used it and had therefore no future in the history of modern armaments during two hours in the early afternoon the affair continued in this state the garibaldini losing men but holding the position they had taken and resting after the fatigues of the morning's attack having thus established his men on the bridge garibaldi left them under medici's command and rode off to deal with bosco's victorious right wing which was still pressing Cosenz near the Zirilli farm and San Pietro. For this purpose he made his way down with a few staff officers to the western beach, found a small boat, and rode out to the Turkery, a paddle steamer of four hundred horsepower carrying ten guns, which had arrived on the scene that very afternoon from Patti. This vessel, formerly the Veloce of the Bourbon service, had recently deserted him at Palermo, and now composed his whole fighting navy over and above his transports and such help in convoy work as was afforded him by the piedmontese warships 
his aide-de-camp watching from the shore soon saw him swarm up the mast of the turkery to view the field taking her close in shore under fire from the guns of the castle he proceeded to bombard the enemy's cavalry on the western beach the victorious right wing of the royalists feeling the fire of the tokori from the west and learning that their rear had been turned on the east at length hastened to retreat this incident calls to mind the obvious truth that if the neapolitans had sent a part of the fleet to protect milazzo their fire would have rendered it impossible for garibaldi to occupy or even to attack the town cosenz and his men thus relieved by the retreat of their assailants followed up and joining with medici on the bridge stretched a line across the neck of the peninsula and invested the walls of milazzo next after garibaldi cosenz had borne the burden of the day he came of a french neapolitan family whose military and patriotic traditions dated from the days of the parthenopean republic of marengo and of marat but his friends said that enrico cosenz seemed rather to belong to some northern race for his manners were imperturbable in their calm he was modest and retiring to almost a fault he had been well called garibaldi's good angel in politics and war this thin quiet man in spectacles had restored the courage of malachini's routed troops and held them to their post all day now in the late afternoon he was standing close under the walls of milazzo in the hottest fire from the fortress wiping his spectacles with the deliberation of mr pickwick while a breathless aide-de-camp from garibaldi waiting for his reply to a message wished that he would either make up his mind more quickly or continue his meditations in a more secluded spot bosco still might have held out in the town with some likelihood of success by his own account he had lost not more than one hundred and fifty men a fifth part of the loss confessed by the victors but his troops were overcome with exhaustion and discouragement at the end of their brave but unsuccessful fight of eight hours under an almost tropical sun and the fear of garibaldi which bosco alone of the bourbon officers had for a while conjured away returned upon them like a fate he therefore marched his cacciatori up to the castle to join the garrison there leaving only a few soldiers to keep up a fire from the town walls when about four o'clock the garibaldini began to make their way up into milazzo creeping in first along the port side where the walls no longer existed they found to their surprise that the streets were empty even when they advanced to the upper part of the town no enemy was there although marksmen in the fortress overhead opened fire upon them and wounded cosenz before sunset the whole city was occupied and the entrances of the streets were barricaded against the castle garibaldi chose for his headquarters the steps of a small church beside the sea there he sat giving his orders propped up against his south american saddle which he always took off his horse with his own hands for a few hours at midnight he slept as he liked best to sleep with his head upon that soldier's pillow which had served him when youth and love were still his in lands where man needed only sword and saddle for the free rover's life upon the uplands End of chapter 4